Alright, Joel, let's get started. Rock mission. The mission of the rock, or the revolution of the church, is to provide leadership and spiritual guidance to a body of people dedicated to character, courage, and commitment through a connection with God. We seek to throw down the fear, doubt, and shame that our people have experienced as African Americans and people of color in the eyes of oppression. We seek to uplift, encourage, and provide a basis to rebuild self, family, community, our nation, and the world. Rock vision to create an unprecedented opportunity for people to connect with, grow with, and experience God on a personal, communal nation, and eventually global level. We seek to break down the old barriers, caste systems, and financial divisions that have created false senses of superiority. We seek to spread the message of God as it was when God gave it to our ancestors. Great news. We believe that this will liberate all those still in the bondage of their minds and spiritual chains. We would, we would like to welcome you to the Rock Church. The Rock Church stands against the revolution of church. Well, we pray that God resurrect, change, and evolve your mind to a higher place to seek your purpose. We accept all those open to worship and pray with us and serve God. We are a Bible-based belief circle, but we know that the Bible is only the basis. We encourage each of you to create a relationship with God. Therefore, experience God on a personal, unique level in your life. You are welcome to our family. Ashe, Valenia, Sal. Ashe. Ashe. History of Rock. The Rock Church was founded in 2019 on the principles and scriptural reference of Jesus speaking to the disciple Peter. His name also translates to mean Rock. Jesus entered into Caesarea Philippi and was teaching about the identity of God and the tribe of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. But specifically on his part of Son, Jesus deemed that one Simon Barjoner had been given a holy revelation of who Jesus was. And that is the Son of the living God. We as children of God use this as a basis to build relationship and religion or our practices of faith over our lifetime. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 8, Jesus declares boldly that upon this rock, meaning the word of God in him, will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. In verse 19, Jesus goes on to declare, And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. This gives us the power to go out and operate in strength and confidence that God is both our shield and sword. Ashe, well then it is so. Ashe. John and Jacob, John 3.16. For God so over the world that God gave God's only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in God shall not perish but have everlasting life. Ashe. Elva. Hebrews 11, 1-3. Faith shows the reality of for... Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. Hebrews 11, 1-3, NLT version. Oh, sure. All right. <clears throat> Let us pray. God, maker of heaven and earth, we bow these ashes in time to you. Resubmitting those gifts that you've given us 
for this brief period of time that we call life. We give you glory, honor, and praise for waking us up this morning, giving us life, and putting the brand and purpose, promise, and plan in our life. We thank you for traveling mercies and grace, but God, most of all, we thank you for a message in the midst of our mess. We declare that everything that you have for us, we will receive and more. God, enlarge our territories and give us the wisdom and prudence to maintain and excel. God, cover our children from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. Let no hurt, harm, or danger come to them. We cancel every weapon that's been formed against them, and we declare that none of them shall prosper. We stand on the promise that you've given us and our forefathers and mothers before we were born about our lives. Give us the patience to understand that everything that you're doing for us is for our good, and so that you will get the ultimate glory, honor, and praise. We declare that sickness, disease, and all manner of ailment heal right now under the authority of Christ that you've given us as children of God. We pray for a fresh anointing, and that the Spirit be daily bread and nourishment for our soul. In God's name we pray. Ashe, Ashe, and Ashe. Well, then it is. Sir. For scripture today, I want to continue in the vein of Mark chapter 1. As Mark chapter 1, verses 30 through 37. Mark chapter 1, verses 30 through 37. As Mark chapter 1, verses 30 through 37. And I'm going to be reading out of the King James Version. Ashe. Ashe. Absolutely. When you have it out, say Ashe. And go ahead and stand up for the reverence and reading of the Word of God. And the scripture reads thus, But Simon's wife's mother lay sick of a fever, and anon they tell him of her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up, and immediately the fever left her. And she ministered unto them. And at even, when the sun did set, they brought unto him all that were diseased and them that were possessed with devils. And all the city was gathered at the door, and he healed many that were sick of diverse diseases, and cast out many devils, and suffered the devils not to speak, because they knew him. And in the morning rising up, a great while before the day, he went out and departed into a solitary place, and there prayed. And Simon and they that were with him followed after him. Verse 37 wraps it up like this. And when they had found them, they said unto him, All men seek for thee. Please be seated in the presence of God. Everybody, uh, the word of God for the people of God. Praise, Praise be to God. God. I like to use this moment or for a title 
an exegetical parenthesis, the identity of Jesus. The identity of Jesus. In accordance with Black History Month, we've been dealing with the black family. Representation, identity, and diversity. So here, Jesus' identity falls right in line with what we've been studying and what we've been looking at. Many of us call on this name and know who Jesus is because of who others say that Jesus is. But I want to today dive into the character of the person that we call Messiah, Savior, Master, Prince of Peace, a mighty good shepherd, and many other names. To develop a good understanding of the identity of Jesus, we must fulfill our five W's and one H. Our five W's and one H consist of, and you can follow along with me because most of us here have an elementary education. So it's who, what, when, where, why, and how. The intimacy required to know Jesus is one that we can spend a lifetime trying to figure out if we don't have the right connection or we have not had a personal encounter with Jesus. First up is our who. And we have the who from the perspective of who do you know Jesus to be? What does history say about Jesus or who Jesus is? Who did the disciples say Jesus was? And who should we know Jesus to be based on the Bible that we read daily and weekly? Well, to be perfectly honest, other than what I've been told, I've experienced Jesus on a personal level many times in my darkest hours in jail and in pain and hurt, in joy and in happiness as well. While I was excited and overjoyed about the things that God had blessed me with, and I knew I couldn't have been, that it couldn't have been anybody else but God through Jesus. I believe him to be the son of God and the liaison, if you will, between us and God. I know Jesus as a comforter, a quieter of spirits, one who speaks life into me and helps me to become encouraged. But I know that God is so much more. Historically, Jesus was born around 6 to 4 BCE or before Common Era. It is literally difficult to tell when Jesus was born because his life literally stands in the middle of the way that we count time. <laughs> B.C., before Christ, also known as before common era, B.C.E., or A.D., after death, or C.E., which is common era. So we're going to estimate that Jesus lived about 2,021 years ago. Britannica.com, which is a literary source, declares that based on a tradition of the Northeastern African place, 
Jesus would have been given one name. This is who. But to be more, even more specific, Jesus had a father, Joseph. So Jesus was the son of Joseph. Joseph had to accept Jesus as his son because the Bible says that she was, Mary was immaculately um, impregnated. So, other sources would say that uh, Jesus was the son of Joseph, but Joseph was thinking of quietly uh, divorcing Mary, who he had been pledged to, or their marriage was arranged. And right before they were married, they found out that Mary was pregnant after he had been told that she was a virgin. This is Matthew 1, 18, and also told by Luke 1, 35. Joseph, Joseph wanted to follow law, but he was convinced by the angel of the Lord to take Mary. Joseph was known to be of the bloodline of King David. So, just as a recap, Jesus, our who, is the son of Joseph, who did not impregnate her, but had to believe that it was through immaculate conception, as told by the angel of God. I want to pause and say, wow, that's heavy. How many of us would have believed that? Let me keep my hand down because as a Joseph, and knowing what I know, I wouldn't have believed that this child was made by the Holy Ghost. Because we all know how babies are made, right? But me being a Joseph as well, I can understand how Jesus wanted to, how Joseph wanted Jesus to be taken care of. And what it means to take care of a child that you know is not yours. So here he is. Jesus, the son of Joseph, bloodline of David, who is known for slaying Goliath. This is David, but also murdering Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, so that he can marry her. So Jesus comes from a bloodline of both scandal and greatness. Jesus of Nazareth. We also know him as. Nazareth is a small town mentioned in John 2, begging the question, can any good or can anything good come from Nazareth? Jesus by birth religion was a Jew. Christianity was only established after the Council of Nicaea in 313 AD by Constantine to keep a fallen Roman Empire together. Nazareth was an area heavily in war before and after Jesus because of it being known as the Holy Lands. Jesus, as the son of Joseph, should have been a carpenter, by trades a craftsman. A craftsman. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 through 52, is the only evidence that we have of Jesus' early life and his encounter as being lost in the temple and saying that he was about his father's business. This is all tying into the identity of Jesus. If I haven't been clear enough in my statements, who he was, where he was from. Again, the bloodline of King David. What the son of a carpenter. When around 6 to 4 BCE, or 20, 
2,021 years ago, Jesus lived. Where? Nazareth of Galilee, northeastern Africa, or on the connector between Africa and the Middle East. How? Immaculately conceived and pregnant before Joseph's knowledge and only known by Mary. Why? Because we consider Jesus to be our Savior and the Messiah. We need to know who he was or who he is. Came here to die for our sins, to resurrect our faith and revolutionize our thinking about God. Truly reading what we know, Jesus was a champion of the poor, a teacher with authority. Some called him rabbi. We know that Jesus was baptized by John and started his ministry around the age of 33 and a half years old. Jesus' description is found in Revelations chapter 1, verses 14 through 15. That his hair was like white wool, his eyes as a flame of fire, feet like fine brass. Mm. This means that truly we as Africans in America, truly during Black History Month, we don't know who Jesus really was. But by what we've read in the stories of what our parents tell us, we certainly can't count on mainstream or white Christians to tell us who Jesus was because they have him historically looking Greek or having bent Jesus to their own will. So the only true way to know who Jesus is is to try Jesus to begin to pray and develop a relationship with God. Encounters with Jesus, like Simon's wife, her mother. They don't give her a name, but Simon's name means listening or hearing one who understands God. I believe that this ties up our journey in who God is because we have to listen to understand who Jesus really was, to try God. This gives us insight because part of who teacher Jesus was, was a teacher, a healer, a prophet. The continuing journey in Mark tells us that at the beginning of what Jesus did in Mark was to minister through healing. We as the church should seek to do the same thing. God is calling us to minister through healing, through an understanding of God, through listening to God, through prayer, which is sums up in ACTS, an acronym that means adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. God is calling us to minister through healing, through understanding, and through listening. I have to repeat that. Because in the identity of Christ, we have to know that there are many people in our present day needing physical healing, but I believe that rebuilding and rebranding 
The black family is what God has for us and thereby building up the church. We have to start addressing the damaging psychological effects of growing up in abusive homes, homes without fathers, homes with two parents who really didn't love each other, being abandoned or having parent issues. We need to deal with it because the character of our parents bleeds directly into who we are into your DNA. My father was a drinker. I didn't drink until I was 21. But once I did, I never stopped. This is involved in identity, connecting us with Jesus. And I use this as a crutch to abuse alcohol to help cope with the trauma in my life, which continuously occurred in my life through tickets, jail, adultery, promiscuity, and other things. I didn't know who Jesus was. The identity of Jesus's, Jesus in our lives is super important because once we identify who Jesus is and place Jesus at the center of our lives, then our life changes, shifts, transforms, and we begin to identify with Jesus and our bloodline and those curses that are uh, are in our blood, those diseases in our blood begin to change because of God, the healer. I don't think y'all understand this morning. Y'all don't know when to shout. The identity of Jesus and why it's so important to us is because this journey of knowing the identity of Jesus is not a journey of knowing who you are, who you are in God. Whose you are? What is your relationship to Jesus? Why does it matter? And I can't speak for anyone else here, but for me, it's relationship over religion. Religion is a practice of things over and over. Relationship is a direct connection with things. The connection with Jesus that I know at my lowest points, God was still there with me in a jail cell, on the floor in the bathroom with me. God had formed a covenant with me and kept promises of restoring everything I had and more. I identify with the face of Jesus and the ministry of Jesus where hypocrites and Pharisees, Sadducees and quarters of the Bible are huge, but those who are actively living a Bible-based life without the prosperity preaching seems even smaller. But I'm glad that the Bible says that God's grace and mercy and favor are sufficient and to take nothing as it was in the beginning and to make something, I'm talking about myself here. I was nothing in the beginning, but I'm glad that I have a relationship with Jesus, which provides me access to the power of God. One where folks having diverse diseases like those mentioned in verse 34. Devils being cast out and then not being allowed to speak because although they knew him, Jesus wanted the people to identify or to encounter God on a personal level. Today is a chance for you to encounter God on a personal level and begin to experience the miracles and the wonders of God.
this faith that we have allows us to operate in the space that others can't because they don't have a connection with the creator of the universe. My wife spoke earlier about Hebrews 11, chapter 1, where those that had that faith, which is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by the elders obtained a good report through faith, we understand that the words of God frame the world. The ultimate power that God has given us is to be children of God through faith and the identity of Jesus. But we must again, like Simon, listen and hear and seek to understand who God truly was. There was a point in time in my life where I questioned God. I became an atheist. I didn't believe in the existence of Jesus. Not in Jesus the way that the Bible talked about. Because how could a man heal people and be man himself? How can a man be God and do the things that they said Jesus did. Was it all just a fable made up so that people could collect money to shame us by religion? Was it all something made up so that we could have something to believe in? Because truly, before Jesus, Everybody believed in the laws of Moses, the traditions of Abraham. So we were disconnected. And by Jesus, the identity of who Jesus was, the lamb, the sacrifice, the go-between, the liaison, we then begin to get a direct connection through God. So I wanted... Why was this necessary? Why did people before this time pray to priest? Because the priest was just a man. Why was he the connection between man and God? So to understand this, I had to go through some things in my life. Not believing to fully believing in God. Well, let me go before that. I did believe because I was raised in church. My mom's a minister. We spent most of our time in church. Then I went to college, had some more encounters with people, and then began to question who God was because I didn't really have a connection. Then later in life, as an older adult, finding that connection and then identifying myself with Jesus because God is a God who is a liberator. Another identity of Jesus. I say all that to say in this quest, in this journey, we'll have our ups and downs knowing who Jesus is, not knowing who Jesus is, understanding the gospel, not understanding the gospel, still being mystified of what the gospel means. Even now, as I stand before this book board, trying to grapple with both being human 
and then operating in the place of faith where those things are not seen. So then we become unbalanced, if you will, because we're trying to grasp on to an identity that we haven't had the pleasure of seeing. But these people, these disciples, these ancestors, they had that encounter with Jesus. What changed your mind, Joel, on being an atheist to now becoming a believer again? It was because the encounter or identifying with Jesus. Simply put, I experienced God for myself. So no longer was I reading about God. I had a relationship with God. I knew God for myself to be a healer. I had times when I was in jail myself, like Saul and plenty of other of the disciples, not because of religion, but because of my doing. And now I believe that Jesus is God because of the things that God has done in my life. How does that happen? This is the only explanation as a person of faith. God did it. Why? Because God did these things in the past and God are doing these things now. I don't expect you to believe me. That's where your personal part comes in. You have to have personal experiences, connections with God that brings you to the point where you can encounter God face to face and ask God questions. Is God real? Why do I believe in God? What is the identity of Jesus? Who do people say Jesus is? Who do I say Jesus is? It is a quest. And I can promise you it's experiential because if it's not, you will not connect. You'll continue wondering who God is because the things in front of us say one thing. The dimension of faith says something else. That's why the Bible declares, be ye not transformed or be ye not conformed by the things that you see. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. My mind was renewed in jail, on the floor, throwing up after alcoholic binges. Renewed. I experienced Jesus providing. I experienced Jesus healing. I experienced Jesus changing situations. Therefore, the God they talk about in the Bible is the God that I see day to day. But, again... You have to try Jesus. You have to choose to understand or listen to what God is doing in our lives right now. This relationship is a daily thing. We have to communicate. We have to trust. We have to honor. We have to Work towards it. It's not given. But through prayer, through reading, through research, through devotion, through everything that we're doing here,
It allows us closer encounters with Jesus. We're able to identify with Jesus now as a liberator, as a healer, as a comforter, as whatever you need God to be. This gospel of this good news of Jesus is that Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. Jesus came for those that are poor, the least, the left out. I think of myself as those people. Indeed, then Jesus not only took and healed those people, but as he did with Simon's wife's mother, he elevated those people. What do we do now? We gather with people who are like believers and share experiences to give us deeper understanding of who God is. If you're wondering in your mind right now, I don't have the furthest clue. Guess what? That's what we're here for. And this discussion is not overnight. But it is a discussion that we have to continue and keep on and keep on Digging to understand more. I don't want you to go anywhere else knowing or not knowing the gospel of Jesus. And that is forgiveness is available. Healing is available. Abundant life is available. And you have access to that through a relationship with Jesus. Well, how does one build a relationship with Jesus or God? The answer is simple. I said it before. We have to communicate, read, pray, and seek to understand God's purpose for us on this earth. As mentioned earlier, the Bible is just the basis. as levels to this. And all of us fall short daily. But consistently seeking the face of God and not the hand of God is how we get there. Whatever someone did to you, or said to you before this does not matter. The prognosis or prescription they gave you before now is invalid because Jesus the healer has stepped in and declared that you are God's child and therefore entitled to the benefits that God has designated for your life. If you're out there lost or wondering what this relationship or revolution is, I want to pray with you. Even if you've experienced church hurt or being blackballed, I want to pray with you. Or even if you say, Joel, I've been in church all my life or I don't believe in God. Or wherever your situation may be, I want to pray with you. And if you're led to do so, please repeat this prayer after me. Say, God. God. I want to ask you, I want to, ask you to, come into my heart right now. to come into my heart right now. God, change me. God, change me. Mold me. Mold me. Transform me. Transform me. And most of all, and most of all, I'm asking for forgiveness. I'm asking for forgiveness. And a new life. And a new life. God, help me. God, help me to stay rooted. To stay rooted. And grounded. And grounded in your word. In your word. In those things, in those things that you have for me. That you have for me. God, I believe that Jesus bled, died, and rose for my sins. 
I believe that you, I believe that you have now, have now given, me the power given me the power to live, to live more, abundantly. more abundantly. I pray that you, I pray that you develop, me, develop me, help me, help me to unite, to unite with those bound, with those bound by, the same purpose. by the same purpose. Help me, help me to, overcome to overcome temptation, temptation and, be liberated and be liberated by truth. By truth. In God's name I pray. In God's name I pray. Ashe. Ashe. With that prayer and faith, today you have been redeemed and made whole in God's eyes. We're going to hold off on the prayer. Um, we are going to christen my son today. And all christening is, is giving or returning that child back to Jesus or God. And so, family, if you would stand up. I'm going to flip this camera real quick. I don't know if you're in view or not. sacrament and to give thanks and celebrate our joy in the arrival of this precious child. We want you to share our joy and we look forward to your continuing involvement in our child's life. The family members that are watching, the friends that are watching. We're also aware of the great responsibility that is now ours. A great deal of our lives will be involved in care for how this child will turn out in guiding him through the many paths of life. As the years go by, our role as parents will be assisted and enhanced by each of you that are watching and our parents and our grandparents and our uh, family members that are around us today as well as the friends that are unable to be here. The christening of a child is important in the rites of passage to those that recognize the role that God plays in our lives. The Bible tells us that it's God's will that children be brought for blessing. We are reminded of a story here in the book of Matthew chapter 17, where little children were brought to Jesus to place them or place his hands on them and pray for them. Jesus' disciple felt perhaps that children were not important enough to warrant Jesus' or Christ's time and energy. 
And so they tried to turn the children away. However, Jesus said to them, let the children come to me and do not hinder them for the reign of heaven belongs to such as these. Then Jesus took the children in his arms and placed hands on each of them and he blessed them and said, let's pray. Dear God, as we're gathered here, May your Holy Spirit surround us and rejuvenate us. We pray that out of your glorious riches, you may strengthen this child with your spirit, so that Christ may dwell in his heart through faith. And we pray that this child, being rooted and established in love, may know the love of God that surpasses all knowledge, so that he may be filled with the measure of the fullness of God. In God's name we pray. Ashe. Ashe. And Ashe. As we have brought this child forward, we'll begin, begin the Christmas ceremony. Mom, I want you to repeat after me. And as I'm saying it, we're both saying it. Because we're the parents. So. Alright, with the help of God. With the help of God. Oh, this is a question. I apologize. So, with the help of God, will you do all that you can to provide for your son with love, comfort, encouragement, sustenance, shelter, and protect him from harm? If you agree, say, uh, we will. We will. And there's another prayer. Um, Y'all stretch our hands towards him. Please and thank you. God, our Creator, <laughs> Morgan, we thank you for the wonder of the new life and for the mystery of human love. We thank you for all those who support and gather around and sustain the beginning of this life. We thank you that we know you by many names and that you love us and we're loved by you from all eternity. In God's name we pray. Ashe. Alright, so we don't have the godparents here, but they're uh, being considered. We'll let you know who you are. And there's another prayer, and I'll just, I'll, um, go through that. All right, could you open that, please? 
I'll go through the other prayer a little bit later. We're going to um, move to the part. We just pull it up here. Just stand up. Hold on. <laughs> so again, baptism is basically the understanding. Why are you sitting now? Baptism is the understanding that as we go into the water, we transform our lives and come out renewed. And here, we're going to do a symbolic piece of that baptism, which is anointing his head with olive oil and returning or resubmitting our gifts back to God. And it says here, once again from the Bible, as Jesus took the children in his arms and blessed them. So now we are blessing this child, Josiel, Lindell, Joseph. And he's returned to parents, Joel L. Joseph and Elva D. Joseph. And it calls for another prayer here, and we're going to end with this prayer. God, we praise you for Jocelyn's birth. Surround him with your blessing, that he may know your love, be protected from evil, and know your goodness all of his days. May he learn to love all that is true, grow in wisdom and strength, and come through faith the fullness of your grace. May God, the God of all, bless these parents and God-parents when we choose them and give them grace to love and care for this child. May God give them the wisdom and patience and faith and help us to provide for the child's needs. God, touch, rest, room and abide. Cover this child from the top of his head to the sole of his feet. Let no hurt, harm, or danger come to him. God, help him to make great decisions. Let him know who he is and whose he is. And that's above and not beneath, the head and not the tail, a leader and not follower, a lender and not borrow. God, we declare these things and many more. In your son Jesus' name, Ashe. Ashe. All right, this is the ending of the Christianing. And therefore, the ending of our service. We thank everybody online and everywhere else that um, attended. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Have a phenomenal week.